What's up, everybody, and welcome to the All Right Take 5 podcast. This week, I had the pleasure to have the polyrhythm polyglot, Manny Lozano himself. If you know Manny, then you already know he's a phenomenal guitar player, and that's just for lack of a better word. You'll recognize his works from local juggernauts that was Triumph over Shepard, his experimental post-black metal band, Punao Mignal, which is playing in the background right now. This is a song called Senos, and his progressive band, I Artifact. And you might even seen him around town playing with his jazz project, Footprints. Yeah, he played in a metallic hardcore band. He plays in a black metal band, a progressive band. And on top of all that, he plays jazz guitar. And much more. If you haven't already, please do yourself the favor and go listen to all his projects, all of which are available to stream on Spotify and everywhere else you stream music. All the bands are done so well and very different from one another. It's hard to believe it's written by the same guy. So I got the chance to pick Manny's brain a bit in this episode and see how such a talented and prolific musical mind like his own works. We got into his wide range of influences, how he prepares and practices, and gave him gave myself some wise, wise and inspirational words. But no lie, after he left from doing the podcast, I went straight to practicing and playing guitar, which probably you guys should too. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, so let's kick the music and let's start this show. So we were talking about how uh, how we're holding up with this whole fantastic year we've been having of uh, Apocalypse 2020, right? Um, but saying that we have, it's it's it sucks for the people who's having a hard time, right? Obviously, people who's lost jobs and all that stuff. But like I was telling you, um, people got one thing back, and that's time. And I think as musicians. That's really helped us in a way. At least it has for me. I mean, that's how I started this whole podcast thing going on. I already bought pieces in here and there of gear every now and then for, for months, really. And then I finally said, you know, fuck it. I have the time. Let's do it. People aren't. People have the time. Let's get together. Let's talk. For you, have you been finding yourself being able to practice more, being able to maybe just do some more personal self-reflection Growing a bit, grow as a person or as a musician, or what has this time done for you? Um, you know, at the beginning it was extremely tough. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense of, you know, you're worrying about how you're going to be able to pay for things and such. I'm sure everybody was on the same boat, just sort of freaking out. Um, and as everything was sort of starting out. As the weeks kept going by, I started realizing that time wasn't really the issue, at least on my end, you know, because I was constantly 
you know, blindly complaining about, oh, I never have enough time to practice more, even yeah. though I feel like I practice already too much. <laughs> Dude, <But laughs> shit. I wish I, I need, I need <laughs> to start practicing as much as you do, man. Cause damn, it's the time management thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, you know, from listening to motivational speakers, you know, how they talk about time management and such. I, you know, I started being really honest with myself and I realized that you, you just ultimately prioritize what you want to work on. Mm -hmm. I can't be good at every single thing, you know, that I'm trying to do. I started making lists of what I needed to work on musically throughout the day, you know, weekly, okay. what I wanted to do. And I, you know, stopped beating myself up that, oh, I didn't have enough time because that was no longer an excuse anymore. I have all this time and it's just, you know, you just can't. And ultimately, you know, just prioritize what you want to work on, work on your weaknesses, you know, make some time to, to create things, mm -hmm. make some time for your friends. It's just making the time for things. That's it. Like, that's the only excuse. And honestly, you know, as much as I, as, as a workaholic as I am, it's okay to take a step back from those things, too. And that's something that, you know, I think gratefully because of the COVID, you know, I was able to realize that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's unfortunate what's happening, but at the same time, you know, we're always running into problems in life. We just have to sort of troubleshoot how we're going to go about just fixing adapt. things. You just adapt. That's the only way you go. That's funny how you mentioned <laughs> you can't be uh, – Greater perfect at everything, uh, dude. You're one of the. You touch on so many different things, and you have uh, your projects vary tremendously between them, and it's it's so cool and so refreshing and such a inspiration, I guess, as a musician, because we we get stuck on. I guess uh, I guess people get stuck on like I got to be fucking, one hundred percent perfect on one thing. And then they forget your weaknesses in other spots. Yeah. Um, so you're saying you 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 focus on your weaknesses. How how do you do that? Do you uh, just self analyze how you're playing? Do you, do you go back, listen to certain things or videos, and go, okay, that's something I need to work on, or is it seeing other musicians and go, oh shit, they do it that way, and why do I do it this way, or how did that come to be? Um, I think a lot of these, a lot of this sort of troubleshooting sort of comes with having a mentor. Okay. I think that's really important, you know, for your growth. Because we, I'm, and again, this applies to everything. You know, you think that you're on the right path. You think that, you know, you're doing good. Or sometimes it's even more extreme as in, you know, you think you're doing very poorly. Or, or sometimes you just don't even know where to start working at. So, yeah. you know, having a mentor sort of helps you reflect on, you know, hey, this is, you know, these are the weaknesses that I'm seeing so far. Excuse me. And you have to be really, really open to take that criticism. Mm -hmm. Another thing is, you know, constantly playing with people. Um, you know, whether it be a jazz setting, whether it be a blues setting, rock, so forth. You know, you can sort of see, hey, you know, I wasn't so hot in this area or so forth. Um, maybe it's not as applicable, say, for example with um, some of the metal stuff because, again, it's, you know, really straightforward. Yeah. You know, and maybe, you know, you write some of the stuff or so forth, but say another 
other other things that you know you're able to see these weaknesses such as you know you're playing the blues and you're improvising or whatever or you're you're just playing just you know as a duet or you're playing mm-hmm. you know it, all these little circumstances sort of allow for you to just be honest with yourself it's like shit i did really poorly here so this is what my game plan for the week to correct that and you're always 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 you know yeah uh, you, sort of you know trying to correct it honestly yeah you it's self-criticism right and you it just shines a light yep and you're in you're it's gonna be very crippling and you just have to accept that you're just always gonna have to be working on things if that's your goal <laughs> yeah true you have to know what it takes i guess because i'm so done trying to beat myself over <laughs> all this stuff I, and i mean it's okay it's okay if i don't get extremely good in this area it's okay just i just want to be better than i was last week like that's just my goal ultimately. that's that's uh, that's awesome to hear dude um that's inspiring because i i is as um as a, as a guitarist right now i'm stuck on I, i'm stuck at that place right now in in my plane is um I've seen all my weaknesses and I'm trying to shine a light on it. And, but you said it, you nailed it in the head, having a mentor, having a guy, someone to point those out and lead you to the right direction. Yeah. Right. Um, trying to find that right now because as you said, by, with playing with other people, that's one of the great things about even I jam with a, a lot of people, I have a lot of friends out there and even just doing this podcast mm-hmm. has helped me out a lot because I get to see a lot of people play. I get to s- meet a lot of people, hear how they play, see how they play. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. I've never seen anyone do it like that. Or I, I go, I do it differently. And I start realizing I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> and I've been doing it wrong for a while. Even for simple things like um, your right hand, even just picking. Um, I'm over here like, fuck, I had a, I've had a lifetime of, of um, I'm not going to say, maybe not, maybe incorrect, not the right way. But I guess just one-dimensional style of picking and then I'm starting to realize okay even holding at a certain position changes everything yeah and that's even something I'm starting to do now I'm going back to just learning the fundamentals you know holding a pick you know something that a lot of people don't even go back to 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 think about they go I've been playing for years what the hell is holding a pick gonna do I'm like oh it changes fucking everything it's wild at least that's that's what I've been realizing but it, it's cool that you mentioned, like, because I, I wrote it down today. I'm like, because in, in previous episodes, we've talked about genres being like a language, right? Mm. There's people that only speak one language, such as there's people that only play one genre or know how to play one genre. And there's people out there that they try their best to learn as many languages as they can. And like you said, the, the goal isn't to be fluent in every language. It's just... Being able to hold maybe a simple conversation, saying hello, it's the same thing with genres. Yeah. Right. Uh, you can be fluent in blues, uh, but you don't even know say I say hello in rock, mm-hmm. or vice versa, or in jazz, or in country, or in metal, or anything. So I wrote it down here. I'm like, well, there's a word out there for people who know multiple languages, and that's a uh, polyglot. And that's what you are, my friend. You like are that. you are a polyglot. You are a polyrhythm polyglot. <laughs> like uh, we were t- we were touching right now on your on your projects that you've been a pro- uh, part of, and like I said, they're all very diverse in their own way. It's not like you have three metal bands. No, no, no. It's dude, they're all very different from each other. 
and they're all done very, very well. Thank you. Very well. Like, and it's, we were extending messages, and uh, you were talking about the bands you were in, I'm like, damn, the cold, the very, the most interesting part of it to me was how much they vary genre-wise. So that led me to think, like, all right, so how did that all start? What got you into music? What led you to it? Because I'm taking the assumption that you're, if I were to go into your music and put a shuffle, it would be a very schizophrenic kind of. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> right? I just kind of go with, with the way that the day, however I feel. Yeah. So where did that start? How did your music journey start? What got you into music? What? Um, I know for sure it started off at a, at a very young age. It always seemed, I was really big into film growing up. Okay. Uh, you know, and it seemed like, I mean, there's maybe there's no really way of knowing, you know, or analyzing at, you know, such a young age. But a lot of the films that I was drawn to, you know, like your Tim Burton films always seem to have that same sort of soundtrack. Yeah. And it's just like, who is this person writing these tunes? And a lot of the tonalities, you know, I was really drawn to. Okay. And I always knew that I wanted to play an instrument. I just didn't know, you know, which one I wanted to play. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to pick up the sax at a young age, but I don't think my parents really picked up on that. And then, you know, I wanted to pick up on the violin, but I don't think they really picked up on that. It was until, you know, I really, really started getting into music, um, around middle school okay. you know, with your whole new metal sort of wave. Of that was just such a defining moment in my life. You know, listening to corn for the first time, listening to Mudvayne, Slipknot, so forth. Um, and as the years just sort of kept passing by, um, you know, I became attracted more to the faster material, you know, a lot of your lead solos, a lot of thrash stuff. Metallica was a big, big, Mm -hmm. big thing in my life. Um, and as I, you know, as, as I went into high school, once I finally started playing guitar, that's when I, you know, that's when I found some of your, I guess, say death metal stuff. That's when... You know, my life totally changed. <laughs> That's when you went down the rabbit hole. Yep. I, I mean, I remember listening to Necrophagus the first time, Damn. Cannibal Corpse. My life was just in, wasn't the same anymore after that. That's all I wanted to do, and I just breathed that. Nice. And after that, you know, like there was like this sort of weird dwindle. Um, I remember finding Between the Barrier and Me for the first time, and I was just like, whoa, I didn't know people could do that. Do that kind of shit, yeah. And then, you know, I started picking up on a lot of emo stuff as well. Like, there was, like, this big contrast. It was just, no, like... You're right. Yeah, you were making a big contrast here. <laughs> and just pretty much from there on, man, I was just attracted to more technical stuff, more technical stuff, more technical stuff. And I think, you know, discovering animals as leaders was just that defining that moment. That was the pinnacle. Of that was just, like, like, I have... In order for me to understand music, like... I have to really get into digging music because I want I wanted to imitate them as best as I could. Mm-hmm. And I felt no matter how much my technical abilities rose or how much my understanding of scales or so forth, like I wasn't able to replicate that till I started, you know, digging into jazz. That's very interesting. That's super interesting. Because yeah, you went into a uh transition of technicality. Right, because you started on your new metal stuff, 
Which I love new metal. I hate people that that uh, they're just <laughs> that fuck not with being that, truthful that, about it, man. Like it just if oh you hear man. Mudvayne and stuff, like there's so much complexity. I, I still in fuck it. with with Corn, bands, even though dude. you know what? Like a lot of my friends tease me about it, but I'm I really really like Limbiscuit. I think dude, their musicianship is just phenomenal. They're great, dude. Yeah, they're it's. And if you guys don't like Limbiscuit, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those. Just one of those days, dude. Yeah, dude. I, I don't like when they fight. Like, these bands were dope. And they yeah. still are fucking dope. There's dude, a lot of really cool to stuff. To say otherwise, you're fucking lying to yourself. You're just trying to be yeah. too cool for fucking school. And it's like, oh, dude, come on now. Yeah, it's really it's really cool stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, I started getting really into that sort of, you know, jazz stuff when I was in Triumph. But, again, it's just... I felt that that at the moment, you know, like when I was kind of discovering myself, what I wanted to do musically, uh, that's when I decided to step down from the band. Okay. Um, you know, I just, I really wanted to sit down and, you know, get mentored and, you know, I just, I felt like I had all these ideas, but I couldn't really put them into sound until mm -hmm. I started understanding music more. And that's when, you know, like I started trying things that, weren't necessarily, you know, to my conventional uh, goal at the time, or I guess, you know, exactly what I was looking at, but I started, you know, trying to play other genres, and I think that was a really big point, too. I started trying to do cover band stuff, which mm -hmm. didn't really go too well. <laughs> I'd realized, you know, like, how bad of a musician I was. I just, like, I had a hard time playing simple pop. I had a hard time playing cumbias. Like, I didn't know how to play any well, of that's these the things. Thing, like, um Again, very another fucking great point is, like I said, you you you'll talk to any of these fucking like the same people that talk shit about new metal. They're the same guys that are like, yeah. they're probably most likely into tech death, and I love tech death too. Don't get me wrong, um, but they'll be the same guys shitting on pop music. Oh on man, like, yo, play that shit. Believe me, that write is a pop song. Super I hard. fucking dare you. Yeah. If it was that easy, fucking anyone and everyone can do it. It's so hard, man. Like, it's so hard to play it. And it's just, you know, like, again, like, the more I kept getting invested in all these things, like, you realize, you know, that you really, really lack a lot of stuff, especially rhythm. Like, I can't even, I tell my students that all the time, just like, because I have a lot of really good shredders, you know, like, they mm -hmm. get so into, I want to play fast, this, yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, and of that, course. that it's just like, dude. Go play in a setting where you don't have a drummer. Oof. That is that really is hard. Like that it's it was a nightmare for I guess like the past two years, like having to start playing jazz like that without drummers, without bass players. You don't realize how much responsibility rhythm is till you are the one that's laying everything down. down. Yeah. It's so it, I mean, I I feel more confident about it. I'm definitely more improved, but it's just like at the beginning you 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 seriously just want to give up playing sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet. That's that, That's a big, big challenge. Um, but yeah, that, like I said, it's funny. Like, people will talk shit, but yo, you do it. Yeah. Bet you can't. Because if it was that easy, fucking everyone can do it. Um, but uh, that's cool to shout out the, the rhythm players. Because <laughs> it's, it's, but oh, it's, yeah. it's very, that's true. It's very important. Like, it's, if you don't, it's matching those fundamentals. Yeah, man, and I think, um, I mean, it's not, again, it's just like, I'm not, you know, directly, 
you know, saying like it's like a specific thing that happens with, you know, some of the metal players. But I really think that, you know, if they were to put themselves in a setting such as that, they would realize, you know, how important that is. Because um, I think I'm I'm just way past, you know, just solely being into the soloist or whatever. You know, I like to hear everything as a whole. And then, you know, picking up the bass really allowed me to see, you know, how important groove is, you know, paying attention to everybody. It's just, it's really intense, mm -hmm. you know, how much there is to music rather than just like velocity or technicality. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, because it's interesting. So you, you were drawn into the, the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when you got into the music, you were in into the technicality of it. Yes, yeah, right. The speed, the technicality stuff. It it has to be hard. Yeah, hard uh -huh. to play. Hard you know, to play. You just, and I thought that's that was it to music. Like I thought, but it's such such a small fragment of it. Yeah, it's not even it's not even touching up on everything else, and that's not even a big deal. Like when you really start thinking about it. Yeah. No, yeah, and I I started the opposite. I was more into the groove. I was more into the, yeah. the simplicity. Uh, I said, "There's an art to simplicity, right?" It's, it's. Yeah. I think it's. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just it's, and I mean, I could be wrong. It, maybe it just deals with you know people's sort of personalities. You know, like your that's true. The ego just sort of tells you one thing that is just like this is where it's at. And, you know, once you really get crushed from that being in, you know, positions that you're unfamiliar with, you just, you do a lot of growing. It, hum it humbles you. Yeah. Once you're crushed, it humbles you. That's cool, man. That's what a lot of people should, I think that's what a lot of people need to do. Um, but so, and then it's funny how you mentioned animals as leaders, because I was listening to the IR Effect thing. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like you're very heavily influenced through that. I guess tone-wise, anyways. Cool, thank way. you. It, it reminded me of it. It's sick, dude. But um, they were definitely a game-changing band as well. Like, they... I think they opened a, the eyes to a lot of people. In uh, the same way, I guess, it did to you, where you had to realize, like, hey, I have to step out. Yeah, man. And, actually, and venture off It actually else. goes even more intense than that. Um, I don't know if it... Uh, maybe I told some of my closer friends, but they don't really care. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, like, I always... I don't know. I I guess, you know, the more that I did, like, I would do some heavy analyzing on animals as leaders. Crazy, you know, you know, from the chord construction to how they use scales, like, I just, to the T. Yeah. And I even started, you know, thinking, it's like maybe there's some sort of hidden message within their songs. <laughs> no, and, and oh, what's it's crazy it's is just, like, I, I there was. I wouldn't doubt if there was, actually. Yeah, man. Um, Believe it or not, so, on the album, The Joy of Motion. Uh-huh. There's a song there that really drew me a lot called Lippincott. And I want, I was like, what does that word mean? Um, so I started doing some research on it. And Lippincott is, is a jazz professor who's actually currently teaching me now. Nice. I'm from Florida. Um, he has a book, or I'm sorry, a, a video course entitled The Joy of Playing, which is derived from The Joy of Motion. So when I downloaded that program and before I started taking lessons with him, he taught me how to organize my practices. And it's like the more that I kept hearing this guy, you know, get involved with music, like he just he has a way of just explaining things that, you know, you just you get absorbed into it. Mm -hmm. And that's how 
that was my first stepping stone into getting to falling in love with jazz. Like he just, I don't, I mean, thanks to animals as leaders. Thanks to all these things. Like everything was sort of interwinded. It's insane, dude. Holy shit. That's crazy, man. It, <laughs> you're, you're telling me all this. And the only thing I'm picturing is, uh, like you're a, <laughs> you're a modern day, musical guru bro like you (laughs) (laughs) like you found the path and you i don't know it sounds like you went up this crazy mystical mountain and you just kept on meeting these wise sages and they they kept on giving you more information and it's crazy how everything intertwines itself like that it is it is right it's so insane um like and you start seeing a lot of these things uh Especially uh, once you start wild. sort of like exploring psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> my brain already goes there, dude. Yeah. I don't even need to do psychedelics. Like I said, I'm already picturing it in my fucking head. I see the mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that is so fucking wild. I love connecting things like that. Like, it's just, you know, I always think that there's a deeper truth. You just have to just keep digging. Digging, yeah. Digging. You not only digging, but keep your eyes open. Yeah. Like, most people would just, if that were to happen to most people, they would just not even think twice about it, you know? But that is fucking wild. Dude, I mean, it gets even more, it's pretty intense, too. Like, I'll just, you know, I'll bring up this quick little story. No, go ahead, please. Like, with animals as leaders, too, you know, um, a, a lot of their, all except for the newest album, I believe. Or maybe maybe in the newest album, I don't remember. I wasn't, I I haven't listened to it as much as like the other ones. But the last song in each one of their albums is uh, is something is a chapter or something mentioned in the Bible. Really? Yeah. And I'm not even BSing. You know, Song of Solomon, David, and the Nephil Giants. Like there's Nephil there's Giants. some sort of reference to it. And again, it's just like this little obsessive kid was just trying to dig in. How can I sound like him? How can I do all these things? It's pretty intense. I mean, I don't know what the story is behind it. I haven't had the chance to talk to them about it, but hopefully one day, you know. I one will. day. Yeah, man. If this, it if it doesn't lead to that, it has to. I mean, yeah. that is, that is crazy, man. That's me. That's the one. <laughs> Slip and cut, yeah. That's yeah. It's crazy how all that shit just connects together. You know, they uh, say things happen for a reason, man. Yeah, and he's just such a good teacher. Like I can't even express, you know, you know how kind he is. You know, from first, you know, receiving one of one of the messages, you know, a few years ago, to you know, like, you know, letting me know like that everything's okay, and you know, mentoring and everything, amongst other mentors, but. Like, I think that was, again, you know, one of the stepping or the opening doors to you need to get a teacher. So at what point did you realize that you needed to find a mentor? And then how did you find a mentor? Um, I th- I mean, I think, I think I've always, you know, st- I was just kind of this, you know, kid growing up, uh, when I was when I was playing, you know, with Triumph and stuff, like I, I was always, you know, and you can ask Jay, you can ask a lot of the guys, like I was always uh looking up, you know, guitar videos and stuff. I was, 
you know, particularly obsessed with a lot of those REH videos uh, from the guitar stuff. Okay. I remember hearing Tosin talking about them, and I was just like, I want to do no. it too. <laughs> so I just kind of tried to follow his path, like, as much as I could, um, just downloading, listening to the same musicians and everything. And then, like, after, like, I, I hit a slope, and, you, um, you know, discovering the joy of practicing and all that sort of stuff, I was like, there has to be of really 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 amazing musicians like within the jazz community here in el paso and a lot of these dudes just blew me away mm -hmm. i was like wow i'm not as good as i thought at all and just again like a lot of crushing experiences <laughs> just uh you know i started taking some lessons with um my one of my friends jp mm -hmm. he's just he's such a good musician he's such a good guitar player um, one of the guys, Jorge Gonzalez, he has like this, uh, what this Daft Punk sort of jazz thing going on. Like he's just ridiculous a guitar. Uh, Ed Ramos, he plays uh, for Kiki More. He's just like phenomenal. And I would try to visit uh, Professor Mahoney at uh, UTEP just you know once a month or so forth again to just correct me and get my ass handed every single time. <laughs> You just, you know, I just kept doing that and just playing with people who were better than me all the time. Like, I always made sure I was the worst one. Damn. That's, that's super cool to hear, man. Um, so you already, you already went in with that, with that mentality in mind. It's like, yo, these guys are going to kick my ass. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that forces you to step up. Otherwise, like, you're just not, you're not gonna. You're not. You're not gonna be able to play with the big dogs, so to speak. True. So instead of keeping yourself down, you just kept on pushing. pushing and I mean, pushing, you can pushing. honestly like you can either back out, like you can just get sad about it, or you're gonna put in more heavy practice. And maybe it's not even the heavy practicing. Honestly, it's like it's the. What do you call it? The uh, specific practicing. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's just like you could be practicing eight hours, and if you're not. You know, if you're not really troubleshooting or you're not determining what you need, then you're just wasting your time still. Those eight hours count for nothing, pretty much. Pretty much. And that's, that was, you know, a few years of my playing. Like, I just, I was just practicing to practice. And Mr. Mahoney, uh, he said something that really resonated with me. He said that a lot of the practicing is everything that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And everything that I always wanted to do wasn't really practicing because like I always want to practice. So I have to make sure that I always sound like shit when I'm practicing. <laughs> Therefore that is practicing. Yeah. You're the, you're the <laughs> yeah. You're the second dude. You tell me it's told me that. Cause I was talking to, uh, uh, I don't know if you know Dave, but I was talking to Dave. Oh yeah. I, I'm so fond of his playing. He's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's so good, man. He's one of my favorites yeah. too. No. And then that's a, that's a, such a cool thing about having this podcast right now is like, Every guest I've had, I've looked up to, including yourself. Um, and uh, like I said, I, I feel like I'm I'm standing on the the footprints of giants here because you guys are only gonna get fucking better each and every day. By the time I, by the time if I even get to the level you are right now, you will be one of the big dogs by then. Cool. And it's just cool to know that I can go. I know that guy. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just, again, just about having the specific goals, man, like True. with what you want to do, like we, even with somebody just saying, just saying that it's just like, you know, what, what do you really want? Like, it's, 
I, f- um, I forgot who was talking about it. Again, it's just like, because I listen to a lot of motivational speakers mm-hmm. and so forth, positive affirmations. I get a lot of concepts from that. A PMA, dude. PMA yeah. to the fucking grave. He was, this guy was talking about how, uh, and again, it's just like, this can be applied to ev- anything that you do. He said that supposedly he went on like two days without doing anything. And he just had a sheet of paper in his hand the whole time. He said that he wasn't going to allow himself to do anything for the rest of the year or whatever weeks until he found out what his purpose was. Damn. And it's like when you have such focus and it's like, this is what I want to do, so forth. You know, you try to you you try to see how you're going to get to that um, to that spot or whatever. Um, and that's the same thing with some of the musical stuff, you know, like, say, for example, if you want to get if you want to get really good as a writer. Like, what are you doing, doing this other stuff that's, you know, pulling you away from it? Like, you just try to do that as best as you can to however time, you know, is accessible. And, th- and and again, it's like, this is something that sort of, you know, happened. It would happen to me a lot. It's like, oh, I have to get good at reggae. Oh, I have to get good. And then it's like, I just started sounding like shit <laughs> in each little area without really being honest. And it's just like, well, why do I want to learn how to play classical guitar if... You know, I'm not as into it as this other thing. It's like, who cares if I can't play it? Like, that's okay if, you know, I'm just not good at it. And it's part of that honesty again. You know, it's just like, I don't have to be good at everything. Or it's like, I don't know, something else like thrash or something. It's like, I like the genre, but it's like, that doesn't mean that, like, I'm supposed to know how to play it or something. And again, it's just an example. It's just, you know, you just, you got to be honest with what you want to do. Because there's a bunch of shit, like, I can't do. And it's okay, like, I don't beat myself up over it anymore. It's just, like, I just don't look at that part of my playing. Yeah. It's just focusing on what you... What my goal is What the be. goal is. I want to write music, and I want to get really good at jazz stuff. Like, that's that's my goal. So everything is just going to be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sort of, you know, catering towards how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there. When you started getting into jazz, was that when you got introduced to Animals as Leaders? Is that what was that your introduction to jazz? Um, that's what I thought was like because I would hear Tosin um talk a lot about jazz, and I was just like, whoa, maybe that's how he sort of got his sound. Mm-hmm. And you know, I started kind of digging into it, but I didn't, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like I know it's, I knew it sounded cool, but okay. like I guess it was so beyond like harmonically out there that I just, I didn't know what was going on until I really started, you know, you know, I, I tried to do a gig like that. Like I didn't know what was going on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I barely understood some of my core, my jazz chords or whatever. And, you know, I started being brave about going to the gigs and I had some of the worst gigs of my <laughs> life like that, but there was no way of knowing if I was doing the right or wrong thing. Unless you did that. And there I under started understanding the language and so forth. Um, you know, digging back into the blues, I think that that's something that should be studied mm-hmm. to um, just to understand every other genre of music, country, uh, what do you call it, pop music, rock music, jazz. It's something, it's kind of like you're looking back into history and seeing how everything sort of, built the foundation and so forth you know like we 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 dig into history so that we don't 
you know, commit the same mistakes or so forth or to see how advanced we, and, and that's the same thing with blues. Once you understand, you know, how it's, you know, being built, you sort of see all these connections with like, okay, pop music took this from this country music, jazz took this from this. And again, jazz is such a, such a technical thing. But if you don't have that foundation laid down, then you're just not going to get it. Right. So it's nothing, it's not something you can just jump. I mean, yeah, I guess you just can't just jump into it with a full understanding. Exactly. And that, that was something that I didn't know even. Okay. And again, like I had to really like step back and I thought that I knew how to play blues, but I didn't know anything Mm -hmm. till like I really, really started listening and I really, really starting, you know, getting familiar with the language more, even getting mentored on it. Like it's things that, you know, we're so simplistic looking at back now, but you know, there was no way I could fake playing the blues. There was no way I could fake playing jazz. I look at some of the videos, you know, from back then and I kind of cringe. I'm just like, whoa, like I had a lot of balls, like, you know, trying to, Fake it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you think oh, you nailed it right in the head. I think that's what a lot of people do is just fake it. They they try to just jump in on it. Jump in it. Thinking they know what it's about. Oh, now the yeah, man, and it's right. It, it's scary to get it's, get it's, shut down. It's get it's jumping it's jumping in the deep waters. <sighs> yeah, man. Like thinking some, you could swim and then the sharks show up. Some of my gigs, like honestly, like they they went so bad. Like, I was really, like, I didn't want to play guitar anymore. Like, I was just like, maybe I should just stick to teaching, like, because I'm not for this. I, uh, I'm i not going to mention one of the mentors, but one of this one of these guys, like, he got so upset at me playing one of the gigs, he threw his bass at me, and he just, he walked out, and I was playing at a restaurant. Oh, damn. That was one of the most embarrassing moments, like, I've ever had. And, you know, we're good friends now and everything, but it was just like, you need to get your shit together if you want to play this kind of stuff. Like you're, you disappointed me and it's like, you make it seem like you're practicing. And again, it's one of those things like, you're just like, well, I thought I was practicing. And it's like, well, now that this gig went so wrong, it's like, what went wrong about it? Like you just start. It's just analyzing yourself. Exactly. And, shit. and there's these things that you can't know till you like, you have to step into it. Like you're going into war every time, every time. Yeah. No, you're free. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's like uh, I was saying that what David told me. If you're having fun practicing, you're not practicing. Cool. That's what he told me. He's like, hell yeah, that's. He's like, if you're having fun that's why practicing, that guy's so good. You're not uh, practicing. He's like, you should be fucking miserable. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely fucking right. And that's what I need to start doing because I stopped doing that for a while. I really fucking did. But it's cool to hear that, man. It's fucking. It's motivational. It really is, of pushing yourself out of that fucking comfort zone, knowing you're gonna get your ass beat. But you got to get up. Yep. And you got to prepare for the next ass whooping. And then the next ass whooping. Every time. Until the day comes that you're the one whooping ass. <laughs> but that's what's exciting to see, man. It's exciting. It's going to be exciting to see you get there. You know, it's going to be exciting for me going, hey, we had this conversation. Cool. You I'm know? looking forward to it. Hopefully I don't cripple myself. <laughs> you got to practice more and stuff. No, no, but still, yeah. I mean, you're you're doing something. You're doing something right, man. And it's 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 cool to hear because, like I said, it sounds like you have such a such a range of music taste. And that's not only range in music taste, but now you have an understanding of those music tastes. Yeah, man, it's it's been really fun. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned uh, to like on a side note, 
So I play for a cumbia band too. <laughs> Yo, like, <laughs> like that's that's wild, man. Dude, that's so yeah. It's fun though, but it's like it's really hard too. Like, cause you always ain't used to playing it. But what? again, you just kind of like you you start adapting. You know, like you start. Okay, so what what is it that's needed in cumbia and so forth? Okay, and more like again that changes your practice like on a weekly and everything. Yeah. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna play a maybe like a pop gig this week. So it's like you have to mold your practice into like, okay, okay, I can't be fucking around trying to play shred because that's not okay. gonna that's not gonna like I know. said, man, fucking polyrhythm <laughs> polyglot. Like it's like working on your accent. That's pretty much what you're doing. You're just gonna I'm like I'm gonna have this French gig. I need to work on my French accent. Yeah. Like, when you started playing guitar, did you have the the idea in mind of going, you know what, I want to play in a cumbia band and a fucking prog band and a black metal band? And <laughs> Nah, man, I was always, like, I was always way too proud, like, to, I always saw it, you know, and I'm completely wrong about it, and it was really childish, but I always saw it, like, as super demeaning to be playing other people's music. Okay. On the contrary with jazz, like jazz, I've always held up really high, but I used, yeah, I just, I mean, and I feel like such a child, like, oh, you, you know, cover bands are stupid or whatever. No, but I mean, you're not the only one. I think to, for anyone to tell me that they weren't, I'm just assuming you're lying to me. Yeah, man. And it's like, I think everyone in their youth had that elitist mentality of this is my shit. Yeah. If it's not this, then, I don't touch it. It's hard. Like, I think it's really, really, really time consuming. And it's like, again, like once you kind of catch the rhythm of it, of like how things go, like you can adapt to it. But until then, yeah, like, I mean, and it's really fun. Like, I like to do those kind of gigs, too. Um, but it was just, you know, like you have it becomes this sort of job, too. You know, like you can't just you know, diminish it because it's not to your musical liking or what. Yeah. It's just, you know, you have to devote some time to it. Again, if I have, you know, like a cumbia thing, you know, coming up to play on a weekend or something like that, like I dedicate my two, three hours, like just playing that. And it's just like, even though I might have other weaknesses, like catering towards like blues, jazz, whatever, you know, else that I truly want to do is just like, that doesn't matter. It's like, this is what I'm going to prioritize and, that's what I'm going to be playing this you weekend. prioritize your time. Yeah. It's like I'm playing cumbia. And that was really hard. Like, cause I, and I failed really miserably, you know, trying to play in cover bands, not just kind of doing my own shit just cause I thought I was above that. And then once I got I kept getting my ass handed every time and ultimately getting kicked out <laughs> was just, you know, like it was a big revelation to me. Like, Whoa, like I don't know how to practice. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just the truth. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, cover bands. I don't. I don't think people give them enough credit as they yeah, should. Yeah, and they were they work super hard. I think it's one of the bands that you know, like I've really beyond had to work really hard with. And it's like even at that, it's just like I had to work ultimately more hard. And then it just everything's can be really hard. You just have to really keep pushing. Yeah, man. So what got you? You said you wanted to play the saxophone, the violin. What led you to the guitar? That what it was, was there. That was it. Ultimately, that was it. I, my grandfather had a guitar at his house, and I just I would just kind of noodle with it, not you know truly commit. Um, I believe it was like when I was what like my last year of middle school or so forth. Uh, one summer, one of my friends, 
he would come over with an acoustic guitar a lot. And we were all into similar music growing up. So he just kind of started showing me a song at a time. And there, like, I just never stopped after that. That was a rabbit hole. Yeah. My cousin was really into playing. So, like, we would we would jam out with drummers, like, like have our, like, fake Metallica jam sessions <laughs> and stuff. Um, you know, just trying to uh, trying to always find my band, but it's like it, it took me like I ultimately always ended up playing by myself. No pun intended. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Isn't that all middle school boys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could just never, you know, set up my band for whatever reason till like till you know, like I had the opportunity to be with Triumph. I think that was like one of the most defining moments in my life where I was just sort of like screw school like i'm gonna put my whole heart into this and everything and it changed me how did you meet these guys um i had i'd been going to shows for a while um one of my one of my closer friends at the time like originally played guitar with them um and another friend also had played guitar with them and for i believe uh andrew like had to go to to music school or something like that so I'd reached out to the guys, you know, like I, I, I want to do it. And at the time I was just like, Oh, I can do this. So he's again, just like that little kid sort of, um, time. And it's like, it was, it was really funny looking at it. Now I had never really played with a band or anything mm-hmm. to think that I could, you know, be just in such in. a high caliber band, you know, like beyond like the work ethic and everything. Like I had a lot of trouble playing with the guys for the first year. Like, uh, at any moment, I saw myself getting kicked out. <laughs> no, that um, fucking Triumph, man. Triumph was a, not only local, but especially here locally, was such a freak of nature of a band. Yeah, man, they were monstrous. Like, just the work ethic, um, you know, the riff, uh, the riffage, um, you know, how many shows we do, like, compositionally, like, everything, everything was there. No, everything was there. Like, show, shout out to all the guys from Triumph, from, from when it started to where it ended. Like I said, a freak of nature, a fucking band. Um, till this day, still to this day, one of the, I don't know what's the word, but, one of the foundations and one of the bands that almost every band here looked up to and set as an example of going, yeah, Triumph's big. Triumph are the guys. And like I said, that work ethic was there yeah, from everybody. And everyone saw it. And it was quite intense. As intense as the music was, as intense the work that all you guys put in it. Because it was it's quite intense fucking music. One question I've always wanted to ask: What kind of inspired Triumph? What was the the music that went? We want to do this. What was the goal? What was the? I think, um, you know, Jay and Eric had a had a very uh sort of clear image on what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, oh, again, when I joined, you know. I was sort of, I guess, helping, um, you know, mold the vision. Mm-hmm. Again, um, like we all like very similar bands. Sometimes, you know, we would clash about. It's like, oh, I want to sound more like this, those, this, 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 and that. But ultimately, I think, you know, having 
as much of a diverse taste, but still like within itself, you know, we kind of blended this sort of, you know, uh, controlled chaos sort of sound, you mm -hmm. know, again, because say, for example, like Eric liked to do very sporadic technical stuff like Jay's just Jay's fucking, fucking insane. monster. Um, like I was always very like, oh, it's got to be really neat like this, but groovy. And then, you know, bass players, uh, Miguel, Corey, again, the H, everybody sort of brought their own uh, thing to it. Robert, you know, the vocalist, like at the time, he was very specific on, you know, what sort of uh, like groovy hip hop feel he wanted to bring to it. Everybody, you know, had their taste to it. So we would all just sort of build up on that. Um, I would say a lot of a lot of Dillinger, a lot of Meshuga, okay, a lot of a lot of what, a lot of hardcore influence. I'm not too 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 familiar. But I know, like, Jay and Eric, that was, like, a big part of their sound. A lot of Converge, a lot of Into the Mode. Um, you know, and I slowly, you know, get getting drawn into a lot of the jazz stuff. Like, I try to apply that. Okay. So, okay, that leads to a lot of things here. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Controlled Chaos, I think that, that, that sums the sound of Triumph was. Because I remember seeing that band the first time I ever saw them. With the first time I played with them, was at a uh, old place called the Rock House, not the one that's right now, but the old one that was downtown. I don't know if you ever went there. I don't. Th I mean, I think it I was, went there, but I don't think I was playing with them. It was the right time. in front of a fire station. Yeah. Oh shoot! Let me see. I think I know which one. Maybe. I don't yeah. remember. It was a while back. This is when they, um, I guess they almost started because um, my old band, Marching Doom, we kind of started almost the same time. And I remember seeing them play for the first fucking time. And the only thing we could fucking focus on was just Jay. Yeah, man. Being an absolute fucking monster behind the kit. He's insane, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know how he does it. He's just we got were, a lot to say. We were in fucking on, dude. We were in fucking on. We, we were like, I don't remember if we played before or after, but if it was after, we didn't want to play. <laughs> yeah, man, it's just yeah, him and Eric like they had Eric they had just such a insane. way of like complementing each other. Yeah, no, exactly. I think like they were, and I mean they still do it now. It's just it's different now. Like just hearing it as a listener's perspective, but like seeing them just like always like they, eating off of each other. They like clicked it was, so well. It was just it was really intense to see that. No, it like was, that kind of musicianship. Like even you know playing with other musicians now and stuff like. I, like I've ran into very few relationships like that, like musical unity. It's insane. I think everyone, um, like it's a challenge as a musician to be able to play with others, right? That's already yeah. a different skill as well. Mm -hmm. Cause you can be an at home musician and play by yourself. Great. The second challenge would be to play with others, you know, cause there, there's going to be clashes. Sometimes there's going to be times where, you just don't work well together. It doesn't click right away. And then there's times where you'll just click with certain someone so well. You know, I think everyone has that one person that they go, this is the guy. This is my guy right now. Yeah. Like this, We just click together well and it just happens. But, but you can't be complacent with it either. You just still have to challenge yourself and work with others. But... Then you were talking about how you again you're already you're already influenced with the jazz playing skills and everything. How did you try to incorporate that into 
other genres, specifically in such of a chaotic, heavy, heavy band like Triumph? Um, I mean, and again, like, honestly, like, back then, like, I thought I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. It's, like, still till now, like, I'm kind of discovering what jazz is. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think, I don't think, I mean, I'm going to go my whole life trying to figure it out. It's, like, of course, puzzling I mean, question. You're never going to be able to say, I know jazz. But, um, you know, just simple explorations with, like, oh, these are the kind of scales that they use, or these are the kind of, uh, you know, chords that they use, you know, just trying to replicate that. And, I mean, that's totally cool. Again, that's, you know, your first introductory step into getting into something. You know, like you start exploring it like that. Even though, you know, I might have not known what was going on, you know, theoretically or what. It's just like you try to make sense of it by composing something of it. Putting it in practice. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people forget to do or don't know that they're supposed Well, I don't know about supposed to, but... You, I think you understand better once you try to explore it. Even if, like, hey, the, you're only supposed to do this is just, like, ultimately it's exploration, how you dig into sound and try to make sense of it, even if it just makes sense to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like learning a new word and not yeah. knowing how, what it really means. How to apply it or what. But you just put it in the sentence and yeah. someone's going to tell you, that's not, <laughs> that's not how you use that word. Yeah. It's not what it means. Or seasoning, you know, like I guess my, something more yeah, applicable yeah. with food, you know, it's like, oh, you're not supposed to put, you know, this condiment on this, but it's like, how can you make it work? You know, but ultimately that's what I think. Yeah, it's a recipe. Yeah. A guide to tone, if you will. And I think, you know, like, uh, again, like I started exploring or digging more deep into that with some of some of that harmony, you know, when I started doing eye artifact, that again, is just, you know, even though it might have just you know, been like a touch of it, like I, uh, I started exploring it. I think that it was, it's more, uh, like, I think you can harmonically distinguish it more, believe it or not, with the black metal project. That's when I really started digging into okay. jazz harmony. Interesting. And I was like, I, I wanted to write something that was black metal, but using my understanding of jazz harmony at the time. So cold transition, because you just mentioned two projects right there. I Artifact. How did that come to be? Were you already writing stuff like that? And then it's just like, hey, let's just go with this? Or that was my attempt to, you know, kind of have a kind of have a band where everybody sort of, you know, had the same vision. And, you know, we just kind of started writing like that, like as a band. Because that's all I had really known at the time, you know, like being with Triumph and so forth. You know, I was used to writing as a unit and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of fed, fed off of each other, you know, like, w- again, w- you know, Benny was a ri- uh, guitar player. He was really into mm-hmm. the same kind of music, like your Chan sort of stuff. You know, I really liked Animals Leaders. Um, bass player was like super like Evan Brewer driven. Like everybody almost seemed to be into the same stuff as just like waiting to come out. No, it sounds like um, it sounds yeah, it sounds exactly like that. It sounds like everyone was a unit and knew exactly what they were there for. Yeah, and and it it it's phenomenal, dude. It's really fucking good. Yeah, like, man. And I think like once uh, you know, started digging a little bit more into who I wanted to do drums. Um, Bryce Butler like just fucking killed it with the drumming. Um, he's just such a a good dude um and then getting other friends to to help me out with it you know from from a 
my my friend a sax player you know throwing in some sax lines throwing in some uh what do you call it like keyboard lines another really good friend of mine you know putting up with my shit like doing <laughs> vocals um just to you know like just kind of you know sort of enabling me to do crazy stuff <laughs> sometimes i mean it's just like i feel like i go too out there and it's just like no nah, what are you doing it's like it's okay just 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 just, just let me explore it. just go with it just go with it <laughs> yeah no it sounds tight dude it sounds like like so everyone was working as a unit it sounds like everyone had the same goal in mind and it just worked really really well like um yeah so i was, I was jamming it today and i think this one's right here is my favorite song from you guys It sounds like, uh, like Luis Miguel. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, Benny wrote most of the <laughs> tune. I, I, I would I always tease him about that. Now I can't fucking hear that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just like, get it. Yep. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but it goes hard afterwards, too, though. Yeah. Like, that's the, it's, it's, a, it's a good song. Like, it, yeah, I was jamming this, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, this is real nice. And then it kicks in, I'm like, holy shit. Okay. It's a good one. Yeah. What is it? Crepuscular Light? Sounds like a very fancy light beer. Yeah. For those those who want a prog taste. Prog beer. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's go on to the black metal band. Cool. Um, Which I I can't pronounce. I'll have you. Unhao Midna. Which is basically this word I came up with to have this sort of like Mayan or Aztec theme band. So it's like, and I forget which word was what, but it's like Sehun Hao is supposed to be the the last layer of this sort of like Aztec Mayan hell. And then Mitna is supposed to be the demon controlling it. So like bonding the words yeah. created that. Um, black metal's fuck. Yeah, man. I think uh, I started really digging into black metal when I... Um, when I started, uh, and again, it's just like, I, you know, I, I dig the music and I'm, you know, I dig all sorts of music. It's just like after a while, like I think that some of the metal or some of like your gender progressive sort of having too many similarities to it. Mm -hmm. So when I started really digging into black metal, I really liked the rawness of it, like how it wasn't processed as much. Like, it's like, you got this almost emotional feeling of what they were going through yeah because it was so raw and i became very very fond of that sound it's like oh you know some people would be like oh it just sounds very shitty the quality or so forth yeah but that's what gave it its you know identity it does sound like it was recorded through a potato but and i love it i love it it was a very sad potato (laughs) <laughs> or like the back of like a Burger King bathroom or whatever. <laughs> it was a poor French fries were thrown in the back. Yeah, uh, I mean I love it, man. Like uh, I, I like a, I like I any day I would rather listen to black metal than death metal. I'm um I'm a huge black metal fan too, and it's because of that. It's it's because it's such it's in the moment. It's such an emotional kind of genre. Yeah, it's so raw that. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, keep listening to it till you get it. Until you get it, right? <laughs> and I think you. I think you have to be at least for me when I listen to black metal. 
I I wish I could remember who it was first that the one I listened to, but I think you would you have to be in the right mindset for it at the time, yeah, for it to actually really click. It's kind of almost like the blues. Yeah, I definitely I concur with right? that. Right, because it's it's if you don't get it, it's like have you ever heard that band? Uh, and I might be mispronouncing their name, but it's like they're called Zeal and Ardor. So check it. So it's these guys check that it. like do black metal, but with blues. Okay. And it's like it complements, and it's not now you cheesy. Have my like it really complements, you you know what it, what the sound like the sadness, the sort of like, I don't know. I could picture you know, you know the discrimination. You know, like it's just a lot, a lot of hate, a lot of sadness, a lot of like wow. You know, like I get your story. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I feel like that with black metal a lot, especially you know like looking at at other countries you know like say like norway i mean we have the the luxury to believe whatever we want or so forth right. but in other countries you know like you know europe or so forth even though i mean say you know you can believe whatever you want or so forth i feel like it's more thrown at your face like it's just like it's inevitable to not force you to believe you know like this whole um sort of like religious mm-hmm. um idea and, you know, like the big thing about black metal is just, you know, speaking out against that sort of like the same way that punk, yeah. you know, does it. I was about to connect it to punk too. Yeah, man. And it's like, I'm not going to get too into the subject, but like, you know, I feel that that's something that I wanted to bring into black metal. Like I feel, you know, like pedophilia doesn't get, you know, like a stand against it. And that's what I wanted to do with black metal, like this is unacceptable. Like I don't tolerate this shit. And I felt that that's what, you know, ultimately could give it a voice. Right. And that's the thing too. I think that's why I'm, I'm fond of, I love, I listen to almost everything. Right. And I try to now, because again, I was pretty elitist back in the day too. Yeah. Now I like to listen to everything. Now I'm fond of almost every kind of music. Like, um, but the ones that really, really resonate with me have always been punk rock, black metal, hardcore. And I think because all those genres give a voice. Yeah, man. There's, I agree. There is a reason for it. Like they give you hope. Yeah, they give you hope. They give you something to listen to. It's It has a message. It has a reason to be there. It's not to be a top 10, top 40 hit. It's not to be the most brutal guy in the room. It is to speak your voice, speak your opinion, yell it through the microphone, and hope someone's fucking listening. Yeah. Yeah. So is that what made you want to go into doing black metal? That's initially what I wanted to do with that project. Um, Once I got people involved into it, like it kind of took its own way, like, and I mean, that's, you know, like I respect that. That was just like something that I wanted to do. But like that was initially my intention. Like that's why I wrote the music. Okay. Um, again, everybody just, uh, not to say like we disagreed on stuff, but it's like, you know, vocalist wanted to do, you know, he wanted to have a voice like within the lyrics. So it's like, cool, you know, um, bass player again, known thing. Uh, Marco Petrozelli like had his own intention of like doing his own thing like with it. So and that's totally cool. You know, like maybe 
maybe at some some other point like i can do that sort of project but at the time that's why i wanted to do it it just leaves for the future for future projects man mm-hmm. how was it working with uh lord marco himself man with marco um i've been homies with him for a while like again it's just like everybody like within the the i guess metal community or so forth or the extreme or death mode what i call it what you call it like we're such a small community that it's kind of like we all have to be friends. Like, why are we dividing up ourselves, you know, sort of stuff. Yeah. And I've always liked a lot of the material that he wrote, like particularly uh, when he was in Anomalous. Like Anomalous was just like a game changer for me as a kid. And um, I'm going to give I'm going to give him a, a huge shout out. Like there were some of the guys that got me into like the very extreme music, like listening to Ian Dissonance, who was Mashuga, who was Ian was uh dillinger like they really showed me the way yeah so like i hold them up so high and marco was a part of that project at the time so i just started talking to the guys you know like as if you know they were just regular dudes and throughout that that built upon a friendship um and i decided to reach out to marco like i'm just like i've never heard this guy do black metal like it would be really cool to get his taste on it so that it was gonna be my point because first black metal project and it was it was pretty sick. I loved it. Yeah, that was gonna be my my point too because again, everything he's done has just been very extreme. Yeah, yeah. I guess you you'll say death metal. Yeah, right. But I've never heard him in a black metal project, and yeah, we joked about doing like a, like an emo project, but I, I just I I just never came around to it, and I wanted to do like a like a thrash project, but it just. You know, I just, just kind of like talked out of my ass. <laughs> hey man, but Hey, you already have, you're already part of a controlled chaos band calling metallic hardcore, if you will, on triumph, booking prog and I artifact, black metal. And then you did your jazz thing. Why not thrash? Why not another black metal? Project? Yeah, that would be fun. Um, I'm considering like maybe something kind of like lo-fi. I've been feeling lo-fi a lot. There you go. Why not lo-fi? You know, anything really. I just got to sleep less. I'm, I'm already. To write more. Because uh, I'm I'm shooketh <laughs> with all the things you've been doing. Like I said, every single one of them is done very well. Like it's not like, it doesn't sound like it's an attempt. You know? Oh, thanks. Or I'm trying to. Do. No, it sounds like a fucking band. Well, thank it you, sounds man. like an actual songs that the way that's supposed to be done, and like I said, if 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 you guys haven't heard it already, go listen to all of them, and you're gonna go. One guy wrote this shit. That's crazy, but it's done very very fucking well. I'm just excited to see what what else you'll be doing, man. What 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 comes in the future? Because like I said, it sounds like you're very musically inclined. You know so many genres. Listen to a lot of things. Cool. <laughs> what would be, what would be, one thing that you would think people would be surprised that you listen to, or your guilty pleasure? Man, I actually I don't have any guilty pleasures. I'm not a, I'm not ashamed of anything. But <laughs> let me see. Like, let me see. I mostly listen to a, like a lot of jazz stuff. Like that's just my kind of go to thing. Uh, it like I think my musical taste just kind of changes on a weekly, but jazz kind of like remains this thing. Um, I do have a lot of, I guess, dude. I like a lot of Pixar stuff. 
All right. There you go. <laughs> like sometimes I find myself jamming out that stuff or like, man, I like a lot, a lot the 90s pop stuff. 90s R&B, like your I'll Destiny's Child, like boy, all that. Don't get me started in that shit. Man, I like that <laughs> stuff a lot. Yeah. I, oh, I can't, I can't even lie. But I, I don't, I, I don't drink anymore, but like I, during a lot of the drinking episodes, I would find myself listening to a lot of, uh, Tigres del Norte. Like, hey. <laughs> that's just good, like, that's just good drinking music. Man. Yeah, man. A lot of Jose Jose. Yes. All right. Luis Miguel. I mean, just pretty much everything. I think I'm, I'm generally cool with almost everything except reggaeton. Like, that's the only thing. And, and I don't bash on it. I just don't. You don't get it. It doesn't resonate with me. Same. I just, that, I, just, I, did, I almost do the same thing because it just doesn't click. I listen to a, a lot of country now. Yeah. Like, I really like country. And it's something that I would have probably been, like, hitting myself had my <laughs> younger version been hearing me listen to that. But the musicians are just so phenomenal. Like, I can't yeah. help but, like... It's something that I'm I'm starting to to like as well. Because I used to say, oh, I fuck with everything except for country. But... There's some good stuff, man. Being, like Actually having to listen to it. Like, people at work listen to it. Yeah. And at first you just roll your eyes and go, oh, shit. And yeah. then you keep on listening to it. Next thing you know, you're singing along to it. You know the song and you go, fuck, this is a banger. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you can't deny a good song. If it's a good song, it's a yeah, good song. Yeah, man. And you know, like, I also, also get, like, a bunch of shit over it, but I'm super, super fond of Billie Eilish. I love Dude, all she's her fucking work. great. I'm glad you said it, too. Because, <laughs> yeah. Dude. And it's thanks to my students, and it's like I just I really like a lot of that stuff. Like I'm just super super fond of her. Like she's so amazing. No, she's fucking great. Like, uh, people just talk shit, so you have them telling like, oh well, I guess this is a shit. But uh, my girl loves it, and she she jams it here all the time, and I'll just be here sitting on the couch and listening to it. I'm like, fuck, this is a really good song. Who is this? This is lit. And she's like, it's Billie <laughs> Eilish. I'm like, fuck, this is <laughs> it's lit. It's yep. it's fucking dope shit, man. All right, man. So, what can we expect from you in the future? What's on the plans? What what can we be looking for? All right. So, um, I just finished the skeletal stuff to the I artifact stuff. Um, I'm waiting to get the the drums finished. Actually, I'm gonna have Jay do it. Nice. No suffer. X triumph. Um, I think that it's gonna give it this totally different spin to it. Once, you know, the drums are laid out, then I'm going to have a few friends, you know, lay down some same sort of concept vocals, um, saxophone. I'm thinking about maybe throwing in some sitar in there. Ooh. Um, Got to finish up the solos and then that's it. But everything is pretty much ready to go. The skeleton's on, just putting the meat. Yep. That's the hardest thing, always the skeletal. The broth is in, you just have yeah. to put everything else in. Um, I didn't get a chance to finish the black metal project i was finishing this is just like random writing so maybe next year hopefully um i'm gonna keep going hard with the jazz stuff with the cumbia band hopefully next year i really want to have shows with them <laughs> how did the cumbia thing come to be was it did it just one of my friends um well actually the guy two of my friends one of my friends whom i'm regularly doing jazz sort of stuff with a sax player he plays for those guys and one of the one of one of these musicians that i play with on a regular this cuban guy he's just 
off the charts. Like he's really good bass player, really good keyboard player. Somehow he landed that gig and he suggested me. Mm-hmm. And at first I really wanted to back out of it. I was just like, again, that sort of pride. But I was just like, you know, <clears throat> if I'm able to do this, like this will just present more opportunities. And true, I can ultimately back down. Well, not back down, but diminish, you know, the amount of work that I have to do because pays a lot better. So I could dedicate more time to practicing, composing. And that's what I want. Right. Ultimately. So how does, I'm, I'm curious to What's see how, it? I'm curious how your brain works, dude. Like it's, in my tiny brain, it does barely even fits to think about it. Like you have all this cool stuff going on. When you write, like you said, you practice when you practice, you practice what you're supposed to practice for a certain goal, right? Uh-huh. So if you're going to practice for Columbia, <clears throat> you focus on Columbia. During that time, how are you thinking about writing or composing for your own projects? Do you make time for that as well? Or is it just throughout practice, something comes up and you go, oh, this is interesting. Let's save that for a little bit for later. That's a good question. You know, like, I'm trying to, (laughs) I'm trying to think how that works. You know what I mean? Like I said, your bands are such, they range in such amount uh, different genres. And like I said, like, I had a lot of people be like, oh, ask uh, how he incorporates jazz. You know, so I don't, check th- I don't like think you, I don't think, it doesn't sound to me like you forcefully try to incorporate jazz into a certain thing. Right? Uh, check it out. Like, I think this is how it works. Um, there's this project that I, uh, I did guitars for. Uh, I spent, like, about a month working for these guys uh, called Flesh of the Enslavement. I think they're going to be releasing their album or their EP this Friday. So, like they said, this is the kind of sound that we want and so forth. And I was just like, again, I kind of being kind of fearful. I wanted to back out of it. I was like, I haven't really been playing death metal, thrash or whatever for a while. So I'm just like, this is what I'm going to do. And I think that, again, you know, getting back to that sort of Seinfeld reference where he says that, you know, like you... You're going to write something, but you can't look back at it. So I went in with that mentality. I was like, okay, so I'm going to write these songs. Like, I'm going to dedicate an hour once a, w- once a day to writing, and I cannot look back at it. Like, I can't correct it. As much as I want to, like, I'm not going to. So I, I would spend, you know, like, whenever I would go to the gym or what, like, I would listen to some death metal, and I just, whatever comes out. Like, I can't be hard on myself. Like, it's just going to happen. And I, I remember reading a lot about, say, Buckethead or Frank Zappa, um, Devin Townsend. Like, they write a lot of stuff that they don't like, but it's, like, the goal is to write it. Like, you cannot look back at it. Like, you just have to trust that you're going to do a good job, and that's Damn. how I do it. Damn. Like, now that's what I've been doing, and I've been writing a lot more. It's, like, say with iArtifact stuff, like, even listening to my own song, like, I consider that a part of the writing process. Like, it's, like, only one hour, I'm going to go through it, I'm going to correct whatever I need, and then I can't I can't look back at it for the rest of the day. And then the next day, I go in with a different perspective. And that's how you, I think, works for me, and that's how I'm able to keep getting things done. Because otherwise, I would spend two, three hours, and it, you know, pretty much like throwing all my stuff away when it's, 
when then I listened to, you know, different versions the following day, and it's like, it wasn't that bad. I'm just being Hard absurd at this yeah. moment. Or, like, I'm beating myself up. And I think that that works. And there's days, like, honestly, too, where, like, I just can't come up with anything. But that's still part of the process. Then the next day, it's like, okay, maybe I'll listen to a little bit more different kind of music, and then it'll help with it. Like, there's no way that you can't come up with something if you listen to that much music. Like, there's no way. True. I spend so much time listening to so much music. Like, I have to have an idea. It's just that I'm too harsh on myself. You know, or I think that that's how, you know, musicians might kind of see it. So you go into the challenge of writing. Do, do, do you challenge yourself to writing in a specific way? Whatever comes out. Whatever like, comes out. Yeah. It's just you're going to write something today. Yeah. And then depending on whatever the fuck yeah. you're feeling or what you're listening to that day. Whatever comes out. Like if I feel like writing black metal, then maybe that might drift me a little bit away from what I'm doing with this project or what. But that's okay because it's like you got to keep the momentum. Damn. Do you? <laughs> that's fucking <laughs> wild, dude. <laughs> like, that's. Because <sighs> it's, it's like it's, it's a form of practicing, like practicing composition. You yeah. know, it's just like because if you if you rob yourself from not composing something it's like oh it sounds too blah 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 or blah blah it's like you're robbing yourself from you know give uh giving creative time and creative practice so you just have to do it like even if it sounds cheesy or what just go with it maybe it might sound cool to somebody else but who cares it's just like it's just part of part of what it is like not everything that you're gonna write is dope and that's that's, that's okay good. that's okay it's like who cares it's like oh i didn't like your song okay cool whatever it's like i don't give a fuck so you just go and I'm gonna write something today. Like, One cool. hour. I didn't like the something. song. It's like cool. I didn't like it either. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. Do you record them? Do you save them later, or do you just go fuck it? I try to do some. Sometimes I'll do some guitar pro stuff. Like if I'm ever trying to do like little synth parts or whatever, or like re- mapping out chords or whatever. But generally, like I'll just plug in and and just whatever happens. Around. Like I'll spend maybe like half of the time with guitar and then half of the time with like bass. And just whatever happens, man. Like, just I just trust that, you know, something's going to happen. And again, if it doesn't happen, like, I won't beat up myself for the rest of the day or what. It's just like, I just, maybe I need more ideas. Hmm. Do you save them for later? Do you go? Yeah, this, this like, part I have all my cool. files like that. And then it's like, if I change something the following day, then it's like, it's okay, because that's what I felt that day. Then the next day, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Like, this change gave me a new idea and so forth. Do you save them in specific, like, folders and you go this one's on yeah like this, this is so like it's like oh ideas that might be going for my next album or ideas that might be going for a potential black metal or ideas that this 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 and that yes because all the i mean all the big guys i think you know like listening to interviews do stuff like that I, i'm particularly like super fond of uh paul from cynic okay he says that he does that like he has like and i mean that, that guy just he's so monstrous like he's yeah he just, he says that he writes every single day. I mean, I don't know how long he does it for, but he says he has like files and files and files from like back, back in like early nineties or what. And sometimes like when he feels like he has enough ideas collected, like him and the guys, like they'll just kind of go through the files and it's like, these are the ideas that we want to use for this album. And then they'll build upon that. So like this segment's cool. This riff yeah. is cool. That one's trash. Throw that out. And, and then you can and just And maybe if it's trash for like cynic or something he might use it for something else else. yeah and that's okay too or maybe you don't have to use it at all like it's just you you're the one that decides what to do with it damn dude 
Because, I mean, if you look at, you know, like, Frank Zappa, Buckethead, like, they would write so much freaking music. Like, they can't honestly like everything they write. That's true. They just, I think that they just have that mentality. Like, I'm going to write today this song, and it's like, if you like it, cool. If you don't like it, cool. Like, my point is to be a composer, and I'm going to keep writing. Wow. That's that's inspiring. I'm, I need to try that. Yeah. And I think, and that happens also, too, with, like, a lot of the jazz stuff, too, like, when you're improvising, dude, there's a lot of times where, like, I feel horrible about what I did, but it's I can't take it back. Like, I improvised there. did it, yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, that's developed this sort of freedom. You know, like, it's okay. Like, you're not going to always sound good. And That's such a crazy part in jazz, too, is just the, yeah, the improvising. It's, like, yep. uh, it's like playing hot potato and you go, go. Yep. And, and you go. can okay. literally just die there, but it's cool. <laughs> it's okay. It's part of the process. It's kind of what life is. Yep. Life is improvised. Yep. That's crazy, man. All right, dude. Well, fucking, we'll leave it at that. I still have so much things to go, so hopefully we can do a part two. Cool. Yeah, for sure. I had fun. I, I still need to pick your brain more. Like, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> there's so much stuff. What do you want to plug, man? What do you want people to know? Where do you want people to find you? Um, Let's see. So I got all the Spotify stuff, YouTube stuff, iTunes under iArtifact or i-artifact. Uh, black metal stuff, Hun Hao, Meet Nal. Again, it's like it's up it's up on each one of those streams. Uh, if you want to catch me playing some of the jazz stuff, you can add me on Instagram. Um, usually trying to play as much around as I can. Uh, let me see what else I got. Triumph stuff should still be up on Bandcamp, YouTube. Really cool stuff. If you're into that chaotic stuff, I still try to visit it once a month. Like I like reminiscing. No, <laughs> yeah, I do too. I do that all the time too with my old bands. Um, and uh, oh, that Flesh of Enslavement album should be out this Friday. So I'll send you a link to that. Hell yeah. And again, it's just, it was one of those projects. Some guys hit me up and I was like, let's just do it. That's fucking dope, dude. And then also, you do do guitar lessons as well. Yes. Guest spots, solos, and all that stuff. Just let me know. I'm down to do everything. And especially if I'm unfamiliar, I'm down yeah, with it. It's a challenge. That's yeah. so fucking dope, dude. Thank you so much for coming in. And Thank you, man. We can do second part, man. Cool. Thank you a million. If you made it this far, thank you guys so much. You guys are the greatest. Big thanks to go to Manny Lozano for lending me his time to record this episode. And make sure you like and follow and share his music from all his projects, including Triumph Over Shipwreck, the black metal band Who Now Meet Nal, and I Artifact. Also, make sure to follow Manny Lozano on his social media to keep up with everything he's doing at Manny Lozano. And maybe take a lesson from him or get him to guess on a track of yours. Also, please follow myself on Instagram and YouTube at Mindless Studios. And check out my bands, Armados, that's A-R-M-A-R-O-S, and Convict, spelled C-N-V-C-T. We'll be releasing another episode soon. They've been a little bit more sporadic due to the whole uh, pandemic thing we've been going on. So also, we've been pretty busy at work, so we'll get these episodes as soon as we can. So please stay tuned. And I'll leave you guys with one of my favorite tracks from Art Artifact. This is the song... Crepuscular light.